Hello! Welcome to Almost As Good As A Boy, an Enid Blyton podcast. Are you almost as good as a boy? Well, I am a boy. I'm not a boy, so I guess I'm not as good, according to Enid Blyton. We're going to go through her books, chapter by chapter, discussing them as we go. On our journey, we will come across themes that have some outdated views that we do not condone, and we will aim to discuss these as fully as we can, though we admit that we will not always be able to cover everything. Grab a sticky bun, a bottle of ginger beer, and sit down and relax. Join us for the ride. Good morning. Good Easter. Yes, happy Easter, everybody, if you are celebrating Easter. Um, and if you're not, happy Sunday. Yeah. Ooh. Ow. Oh. oh, sorry, I dropped the phone there. <laughs> We're sat on the sofa, I dropped it in a sensitive place by accident. She threw it at my testicles. <laughs> it's an accident. She's a monster. That's why we had the dogs taken away. I was excited for it being Easter, I got, like, distracted. So, um, Ow. Yeah, well... <laughs> um, yes, we hope you're all having a very good Easter Sunday and have been having a good long weekend if you're in the UK. Yeah. Where we've, we're on day three of a four day weekend. Up for day um, three. <laughs> hopefully, your weekends have been going better than ours. Yeah. To be fair, ours personally well, hasn't been as bad. Uh, not as bad, no. We went over to my mother's Friday to do all the Easter baking. We were making hot cross buns, figola biscuits, which are like these fish shaped biscuits with marzipan in the middle and you They're decorate them to do because apparently when i get sat down to cut out the fish shapes from the marzipan i'm told here you go here's a knife and a little bit of cardboard cut around it and i was like do we not have a fish shaped smushy cutter and then you and cutter. your mother just go huh We'd never thought of it, okay? How? How We'd just you never thought never of it? We'd just never thought of it, all right? <laughs> so, but yes, you have to cut out... God, I'm smarter than people with PhDs and masters yeah. is. Yes, you have to cut out a little marzipan fish and then you have to cut out bigger um, biscuit fish shapes to then like sandwich the marzipan in the middle of and then you bake it and then you decorate it with icing very tasty would recommend but yes buy get a fish shaped cutter we're gonna get one for next year all right um and we, when we were making easter cupcakes and easter cornflake cakes with like mini eggs on top and stuff and flakes um and, and we rolls. made sausage rolls and cheese and onion pasties yeah. and right at the end right at the end of doing all the baking, it was all going smoothly. It was all going so well. We were, we were commenting we, on yes. how smooth it was with uh, Yeah, we children. were commenting on how quickly and easily we'd done all of the baking and that we had loads of the day left and it was really nice. The last tray of bloody hot cross buns needed to come out of the oven. Troy stood beside the oven, said, oh, do these need to come out? And... Why are you looking grumpy? Because you make it sound like I just no, caused this. No, no. I'm saying that you were next to the bloody oven and could have taken them out. So mum did not need to fly towards the kitchen in a flap because they were slightly getting overdone and trip over the damn dog because you were next to the oven so she could have just said, oh yeah, could you please take them out? Yes, they do need to come out. I don't know, long and short of it, mum tripped over the dog, fell over, she's 65 next month, um, and we spent 
quite a lot of the rest of the time trying to get her off the floor and then trying to convince her to go to A&E, which she then finally went to and has been in A&E and hospital ever since because she broke the neck of her femur and she's having to have a hip replacement today. Dope. So it's been great. It's not been the weekend that we were intending it to be. It has not. Most of it's been spent going back and forth to hospital and, yeah, so wonderful. Um... (laughs) But yeah, hopefully you guys are having a better weekend than us and her. But yeah. yeah. And we're rambling extra because I flipped and this chapter is very short. It's so short, we're but we're not. Front load the content. No, we're not. Um, yeah, we need to stop all the rambling. Um, but we just wanted to fill you in on how our weekend has gone. Because I think that's relevant. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, other than that, not much has been going on. So, book one, chapter ten. Synopsis, here we go. An astonishing offer. So last chapter, if you recall, the kids exploded the mysterious box and found a map of Kieran Castle with ingots marked on it. Chapter ten starts with the newspapers being filled with news of the wreck being found. Uncle Quentin has told reporters all about it and the legend of gold being lost, so they're swarming all over the island, much to George's horror and anger. And she takes this out on poor Aunt Fanny. Julian tries to reassure her, but then Uncle Quentin sells the box from the wreck for a great deal of money as well. Um, The children are understandably horrified and they decide to go and stay on the island for a few days in order to try and find the gold ingots when others aren't there. This cheers everyone up. So they go off to ask Uncle Quentin and Aunt Fanny and then are further dismayed when Uncle Quentin reveals that he is also selling the whole island. So George goes absolutely mental and shouts at her parents before fleeing into the garden. Julian ruminates on the totalitarian parenting strategies of the olden days and then asks when the island will be sold, which is apparently in about a week. George is in the tool shed again, and Julian urges everyone to stay hopeful, and also diplomatically defends Quentin and Fanny's actions like the mature young fellow he is. And the chapter ends with him suggesting that George requests Timmy be or be allowed back home as they're selling her island, and she feels a little bit better. There we go. How dare they need money? Yes. Surely islands can fetch quite the price. I would have thought so. I've never bought or sold an island because I'm not rich enough, so I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the synopsis there. Let's rewind back to the beginning of the chapter. Thank God it's not the beginning of the whole book. No, no. Um, So, yeah, papers filled with all the news about the wreck. I guess it would be quite big news. Um, I was thinking, would that really be like front page news nowadays? But yeah, I think it still would be sort of locally. Not necessarily sort of like, you know, if you go onto the BBC news page on Google. I don't think it would I don't think it would be like world news, but I think it would be like when you click on your little like local news bit, it would be. Yeah. So I probably have a little square and like amazing discovery in Sleepy town. Yeah. Oh my god. OMG. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, Uncle Quentin's a fucking dick, though, isn't he? Just, like, telling them all about, oh, the gold and the... Yeah, like... Why would you tell people that? So you can sell the story. Yeah, And get the money the he so desperately Uncle needs. Uncle Quentin is such a sellout. Like, 
He is so weak. To be fair, though. <laughs> Cash. Well, okay, yeah, if I could sell a story that I thought there was no uh, sort of... Um, that I didn't think was important and get paid for it, yeah, okay, I probably would. But for the purposes of this story, I'm annoyed at him. <laughs> <laughs> George is obviously angry. And so she storms at her mother. It's my island. You yeah. said it could be mine. You did. You did. It's, she's furious. She's not yeah. just angry. She's furious. Exactly. Double and angry. And then she does storm at her. Okay. Um, Aunt Fanny tries to be all calm and be like, yes, yes, dear, but be sensible, you know. Um, she does make the point to George that it can't hurt the island to be landed on and it can't hurt the castle to be photographed, which is very true. George says that, but she just doesn't want it to be. So she is being a little bratty. She's not good at sharing. You know, maybe because she's an only child. I don't know. That's a stereotype about only children. I don't agree with it personally, but... You're not an only child. I'm not, but I know only children. And they're the two only children that I know are incredibly good at sharing. Hmm. So, yeah, because they've been parented and, like, been parented by aware parents who don't just dote on them and spoil them, like, unnecessarily. Which, that's the thing. Anything can, like, end up being a problem. You just have to parent in an aware manner. True. Parent from a self-aware place. (laughs) So... Yeah, now you're dropping the phone. In my defence. Mm-hmm, you don't have one. No, of course not. <laughs> at least I haven't thrown it at you. No, but why would you? Because you attacked <laughs> me first. Yeah, that's a good reason. What, what reason was that? It's you. Wow. <laughs> my address is 123 help. Don't start that again, dear Lord. Um, your sister, just as an aside, I do know your sister is currently on episode three. So she's making her way through them. Wait, which one? <laughs> Um, Amy. She's enjoying listening to them, she said. She's enjoying getting to know her new sister-in-law and also kind of get to know you a bit more and, like, hear what your memories of growing up and stuff are. Bugger all, really. Because, obviously, you don't really talk to your family all that much to, like, chit-chat. So I can kind of understand saying, you know, it's nice to actually get to know you a bit Eh. and hear you chat. (laughs) If only I was allowed. I get told to shut up now. Well, oh, yeah. that's not related to the book. That's not well, detailed, that... in-depth analysis. Yeah, because you... Where's your point evidence analysis gone? Exactly. Because you talk to me. I do want you to shut up. I hear you talk all the time. So it's not special. Well, these, the, the audience doesn't. <laughs> so you can't. You have to facilitate. Yes. We, you ha- are, we are merely vehicles for each other yeah. to be known to the audience. I have to protect the audience. So, and the integrity, slightly, of what the podcast is about. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyway, George, angry, people on island, bad. George, smash. Um, so they go to, uh, oh no, sorry, I'm skipping ahead a bit. Um, George is sobbing with rage. Um, to be fair, when I'm angry, I cry, which is really annoying because then it totally negates the fact that you're angry. It doesn't have that, like, impact. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Julian reminds her that nobody actually knows about the ingots being like in the castle yet. Ooh. But if Uncle Quentin sold the box, has he sold the box yet? 
Isn't that what he just said? No, no, no. Oh, sorry, no, yeah, I'm completely skipping ahead. Ignore me. Yeah, Julian says that nobody knows about the ingots. And at the moment, yeah, they don't think anyone does. So George is again furious with herself for crying because, you know, ugh, that's what girls do. Gross. Weak, feeble, emotional girls, apparently, according to Enid Blyton. I don't believe that. I do not condone this view. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of, there's, I've seen there sort of being a saying or sort of, that is sort of quite a feminist thing. And I definitely agree with it. That sort of anything that like women say is seen as emotional, but if a man thinks it, it's seen as logic. And I oh. think that is definitely quite common in society still. That that's a viewpoint people have. Um, but yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Julian says uh, no one will know about the ingots because no one's seen the map. Um, and he's going to try and like get the map out before anyone does get to see it. Why did you just not put it back then, you morons? I know. Just why did they put it back in there? They are so stupid. But then we wouldn't have a story. <laughs> so, this... Yeah, you would. Because they'd still go back and you could write about the adventure of them exploring <laughs> well, the castle and finding it. You have to have plot points. I do... Uh, this. I don't know if it's just because I'm a bit sort of, well, being autistic and literal... But it does annoy me when I listen to some other podcasts about books or anything and they sort of make a big deal about like, oh, why have they done this? And I do often sit there and just think like, well, yeah, but it is a story. So it's going to Well, happen. yes. I know it's all fun to like obviously analyse and be like, oh, for God's sake. But I think you have to equally at some point come back to, well, it's a story. Yeah, sometimes... <laughs> It broaches too close to being an idiot plot where it only keeps going because everyone's being stupid. Yes, definitely that's true, yeah. Yeah, no, sometimes there are things you just think, but that wouldn't make sense for somebody to do. It's just to keep the story going without being realistic. But I think I can see how children would... Like, I think they put everything back, obviously, because they didn't want Uncle Quentin to think yeah, the that man they'd who got hadn't. it opened it no but you d they didn't know he hadn't opened it they were being cautious they're being idiots <laughs> children often are most people are yeah. so <laughs> yes but uncle quentin says he sold the box to a man who buys antique things because he comes out of his study beaming and tell tells aunt fanny and the other I've children just made a million dollars yeah he a really really misses his audience yeah, he really, really misreads the room. <laughs> Coming out really excited to say he's uh, sold it. Um, but yeah, he says that the fellow collects curious things and he gave him a very good price for it. Very good indeed. More even than I could expect for the writing of my book. He... Uncle Quentin is such a hack. Like, <laughs> if he's got more for this just, like, old beaten up box from a, like just a general antique dealer than he'd get for writing his science book. You don't sound like you're very good at your job, Uncle Quentin. Or maybe it's just this antique dealer is fucking loaded. Maybe. Maybe he does just really want that box. Um, yeah, the children are obviously mortified by this. Stare uh, at him in horror. Yeah. Now, ah. now someone would study that map and perhaps jump to what ingots meant. Probably, because oh. if you children know this i'm sure that an antique dealer is going to also know that ingots mean gold Pow. most likely 
So, yeah, the children, horrified, the world crashing down around them. Uh, they don't want to tell Uncle Quentin because uh, they're terrified of him, essentially. He's a massively, um, like, abusive man. Yeah, but, but he's going to give them, buy them new shrimping nets. He is. And a, a raft. Yeah, a raft and shrimping nets. Wow. But he was such a changeable person, he might fly into a furious temper if he heard that Julian had taken like- the box. Kick one of them out of the window. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty, yeah, beat them or something. We're being back in the forties. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's bad. They're like, oh, we can't even talk to Uncle Quentin because we're terrified that he'll physically harm us. Ah, the olden days, the good old days. Don't we all just want to go back there? Yes, so. <laughs> I have been there before. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely got smacked as a child. And oh, so it was absolutely horrendous. Mm. So. Not a good parenting strategy, guys. Really I can not. only imagine how much worse it would have been if my parents had been able to physically attack me with, like, a weapon, like, back in the 40s. Huh. Yeah, so... Yeah. But they, the children discuss everything once they're alone. They wonder if they should let Aunt Fanny into the secret. But it was such a precious secret and so marvellous that they felt they didn't want to give it away to anyone at all. But you're... At, you're at the risk of literally losing it all together. I think you could tell Aunt Fanny. No. She'd do something. No. <laughs> God. <laughs> Can't trust her. <laughs> She's an adult. But it's just like in, like you said, people making stupid decisions that you get annoyed about. This is the thing. They're not telling Aunt Fanny, a grown-up, who would definitely help them and be able to fix things. Just like in so many like TV shows and things horror films and stuff things happen and you're just like no in real life you would have rung the police by now yeah like come on well i mean well, depending like on where you live cobra Kai but... logic where the police don't don't worry about under but 18s. that's the thing in cobra kai karate yeah. is law yeah they like why does no one ever just ring the police to say yeah this kid's assaulting my kid um it's just like oh yeah no we'll teach you how to fight better stupid um yeah but uh julian then gets to his brilliant plan which is a good plan until you know future events uncle quentin being even more shit that they can go to kieran island and sleep there for a few days and like explore it whilst people aren't there he says the sightseers won't come after a day or two I think the excitement will last a bit longer. Like, how short is the attention span of these country people? Not much exciting can happen in this sleepy little town. I'm sure they're going to be stuck on this thing for quite a while. But anyway, they decide to uh, have a poke around. Then he uses ridiculously, like, olden-timey folksy language. Um... Maybe we'll get in before anyone tumbles to our secret. <laughs> Who talks like that? Julian. Oh, do you tumble to my barricade? What? Do you not know that phrase? No, I... What? If you tumble to my barricade, it means you, like, get what I'm saying. You, like, understand me. No, that's... Are, do you get my gist? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You smell what I'm stepping I'm sorry, in. what? No. What? It means the same thing. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You say something that they're saying, they're saying, kind of saying something sideways, you know, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Ah. I know what you're saying. Fair enough. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Okay. So, yeah, same kind of thing, but olden timey, folksy, quaint. So, <laughs> Quainting. Um, 
yeah, but Uncle Quentin is nothing. He is not quaint at all. Um, but then they <laughs> say the man, the antique stealer, the one who really wanted this box. After all, the man who bought the box may not even guess that the map shows Kieran Castle. Right. To be fair, <laughs> it's nondescript ship. It's a castle. The... Yeah, yeah, but it's a box from a ship. Yes. It doesn't necessarily... I can understand their logic. It's like the, sh- the map from the box in the ship doesn't necessarily relate to the but island. But it does, because Uncle Quentin has told everyone, oh yeah, this ship belonged to our like great, great, great whatever. And it's got his fucking initials on it. Like, <laughs> Look, they're stupid kids. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they feel more cheerful because it's so awful to do nothing. It is. Mm. It is shit to be in a situation, especially when you've got things like anxiety, to like be in a situation where you can't do anything. Like with like on Friday with Mum being in the hospital, we dropped her off at A&E because we're still not allowed in with her. And then it was like, okay, we've just got to go home and wait for hours and hours to see if, like, when she gets seen and then what they say. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm so tired. Mm. I am still tired. I'm still tired. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we are having, trying to have the last two days of the weekend as very chilled out days. But then, who knows? She's having the operation today, hopefully, so... Might be home tomorrow, we have to see. The all-new bionic woman. Yeah, exactly. She'll be like a Terminator. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Put in little gadgets, you should press a button on her hip and then her little, <laughs> like, utensils pop out because she likes to bake and such. <laughs> yeah. A whisk attachment. <laughs> just the leg spins round. Oh, no, you just, a little hatch comes out down the side and you just pull a whisk out. This is kind of... Got a little um, cabling, okay. and you can put it back in. <laughs> right. It's like a garden hose, but it's a whisk. Huh. Fair enough. <laughs> there's, um, there's money in this, I swear. Like, I mean, <laughs> they're giving her a new hip, but not like a prosthetic leg. <laughs> no, I stopped there. <laughs> we can rebuild her. We have the technology. We can make her bigger, like better, a stronger. Yeah. Um, a robo man. Yeah, the kids are happier at the idea of going staying on the island. And they decide to go ask their aunt the next day. Why the next day? Why not go now? You literally are in the same house as her. <laughs> Just go ask. You'll see her at supper. Like, <laughs> come on. Couldn't can, 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 yeah. can give you an answer. No. Yeah. They decide to go ask if they can spend the weekend at the castle. The weather was gloriously fine and it would be great fun. They could take plenty of food with them. Yeah, that's all you think about Famous Five. Taking plenty of food with you. And treasure. And treasure. I mean, I think about plenty of food a lot. I've eaten a lot of Easter food this weekend. We haven't really had anything else to do whilst we're waiting to hear from, like, mum and just shattered. We played a couple of games of magic. Yeah, whilst eating food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I played, you guys kind of flailed I was very tired I nearly won, okay so... But I won Yeah, well <laughs> but... You're powerful You're uh, big mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm not playing Magic the Gathering with you ever again I'm only going to play it with Ian so... <laughs> Magic's on you Is it? Yes Why? Because you'll be bored, you won't have as much excitement with just two people playing. I find it easier with two people. Yeah, but that one's not meant for two people. Uh, I find it works fine. 
Um, right, so they go to ask Aunt Fanny. They're all excited. They're like, we're going to go stay at the island. We're going to find some gold ingots. Um, Uncle Quentin's with her, and he's really smiling again. Every time Uncle Quentin's happy, I'm realising, don't trust it. It's a it's a trap. So he's going to ruin your life. It's the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! bridged joke. Every time Seto Kaiba smiles, a puppy dies. Oh, that's horrible. It is horrible. Oh. This man is horrible. Well, yes. Uncle Quentin is only happy when he's ruining lives. Exactly. He's a shit person. Um, he is all smiles and even clapped Julian on the back. Well, he said, what's this deputation for? Yeah, he probably like thumped, his, Julian's probably sprawled out on the floor, he's like <laughs> smashed him into the floor, he's like, fuck you, kid. <laughs> My spine. <laughs> um, they want, they say they just wanted to ask Aunt Fanny something. So, <laughs> why you, is, Quentin. Yeah, like, why can't they ask him just as well as Aunt Fanny? I mean, I, I can see why, because Aunt Fanny is the only sane one, but he is, they are both George's parents. <laughs> Um, as far as we know well, well, the true. only one we can guarantee is Aunt Fanny and even her maybe not <laughs> we didn't see her give birth like we come in when George is 11 interesting famous five prequel when <laughs> famous five on Jeremy Kyle <laughs> uh, all these spin-offs that we're going to have to write when we're done with the podcast this is we I can't write <laughs> Um, yes, you can. I don't know how to read. You can write. You wrote a really good story for the um, Games Workshop like contest not that a year good. or so ago. It was really good, though. It was really it was good. Good, I would have won. <laughs> there were probably a lot of very good ones. I just, I genuinely, really enjoyed it. I was really impressed with it. But yes, um, they ask Aunt Fanny if they can go and spend the weekend at Kirin <laughs> Castle. What are you laughing about? It's the bottom bit. It was like, they ask out Fanny and she's like, well, what? what do you think, Quentin? I can't make decisions. Yeah, I am only a woman. Goodness. Uh, Uncle Quentin says if they want to, they can, because they won't have a chance to soon. My dears, we have had a marvellous offer for Kirin Island. A man wants to buy it, rebuild the castle as a hotel, and make it into a proper holiday place. In their fucking grand designing the island. They're going to have Kevin MacLeod sailing across to Grand it. Island. How? I mean, again, we have watched Grand Designs quite a lot. I, I like to think we are armchair experts <laughs> of, uh, you know, rebuilding things. I'm not in an armchair. <laughs> um, we've seen how horrific all of those are. The castle, Kieran Castle, is in such a state. I don't think you could rebuild it. You'd have to just knock it all down. Like that really depressing Grand Designs we saw where they bought that beautiful, like, mill or something. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we've actually knocked it down. And then we're rebuilding it with the pieces. Like, well, it's not really the... You've, you've fucked this beautiful historical, like, building then, haven't you? It's not the building anymore. Well, I think the worst one was when they had to cut down that massive tree. And I was like, there was like no, Granddad, your tree will stay up. And then yeah. halfway through the episode, sorry, Granddad, fuck your yeah. tree. We'll plant you a new one. You won't ever see it, but, you know. Yeah. No, Granddad. No, that buzzing that you're saying sounds like a, a chainsaw. No, no, your hearing aid's faulty. No, no, don't look outside the window. Ignore the bits of wood flying past. Yeah. Yeah, grand as most of the people doing their grand designs. I hate them. Yeah, they ruin everything. So, and that's what's going to happen to poor Kieran Island. Kieran Castle knocked down. So, yeah. The thing is, with the fact that Kieran Island's so awkward to get to, I don't think there 
would be a great holiday place. And you're like, yeah, well, half of our uh, holiday makers die on arrival, but uh, other than that, it's great. You, Ignore... can't, you can't get a refund if you're dead. <laughs> Ignore the uh, bodies strewn over the rocks where their boats, like, <laughs> impaled themselves. Oh, if the kids can do it, adults can do it. <laughs> I suppose, but it doesn't... This is the thing, though. You'd have to get people to take you. And you would only be able to do, like, one little boat at a time. It's not going to be, like, a commercial venture where you can... Not unless you get, like, a proper commercial boat. I suppose, yeah. True. And, like, just do it at certain times you ferry people over. Yeah, true. Um, But the children stare at the smiling man, shocked and horrified. Did the man want to buy the castle because he had read the map and knew there was plenty of gold hidden there? Yes! Obviously! Definitely! George gave a curious well, choke. It's a, it's a different man, clearly. Um, it's not because you always say, oh, that man from the place, from the antique shop wants to buy it. What's the antique shop uh, man be doing with the hotel? He's just said a man as another man. Hmm. Well, if we read further on, I'm just skipping along like a page and a half. It does say, Julian says, was it the man who bought the old box who wants to buy the island? And yes. It is. Oh. So it is the same one. How much money has this man got? Or how cheaply is he selling this island? Well, George goes mental. She shouts and raves and she's very angry. <laughs> and to be fair, yeah, Uncle Quentin is like, well, we need the money very badly. <laughs> um, but he's also kind of mean. He says it isn't really George's. It belongs to her mother and naturally she would like to sell it if she could. No, Quentin, you're just deciding that because you're in 1940s man. And you're like, well, of course she thinks the same things as me. <laughs> Jesus. Um, women don't know their own minds. So, yeah. Um, George is pleading with her mother who just says like, yeah, no, I was meaning you to play on it if you could, but. Yeah, your father's selling it. Sorry. Soz. <laughs> but she does say, yeah, we really can't afford to turn the money down. So they are, like, it sounds like they're on the like verge of, bank- of bankruptcy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, George's father, Uncle Quentin, he is a sexist shit. Uh, that's enough, Georgina, said her father angrily. Your mother is guided by me. <laughs> wow. Wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If you ever said that, I would leave you right there and then. Like, wow. I mean, I do guide you sometimes. When? (laughs) Through Cooksall and stuff. Well, yeah, that's different. Helping me with things is a bit different to being like, yeah, you live your life in the way I tell you to. (laughs) Like... Saying, oh, yeah, I help you learn things in our mutual hobby isn't quite the same. <laughs> you have, we have guided each other in bouldering. Yeah. Like, hey, you do this bit and then you do this bit and then mm. you just use your stupid shoulder strength to avoid that bit and you, oh, I can't do that, mate. Well, yeah. then I don't know can how to do the, the thing. bring the phone closer so we can actually be talking into it. Otherwise, all, all that the listeners are going to hear is this very faint... Because they're not going to actually be able to hear us. Sorry, listeners, we're going through a tunnel. And then going to move the phone Stop away. Stop it. Bring it and back. And we come back out the tunnel and the phone is back. Bring it back. Uh, but yeah, a healthy relationship involves both people mutually 
helping each other through life. Yeah. But not being like, yeah, you do what I say, bitch. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. uh, I won't catch up any. No, George will literally live in the garden in a shed. No, just She'll like the Shaun of the Dead. What? In the Shaun of the Dead. Um, I haven't sure. seen Shaun of the Dead in a long time. I forgot his name, but the Nick Frost's character turns into a zombie and he ends up living in a shed. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. But yeah, George runs off. The others feel really bad for her. She took things so very seriously. I mean, this is actually pretty serious, isn't it? I can get her being upset this time. Yes, but it shows a clear, like, lack of understanding of being able to live and have money. But equally, Julian then is, yeah, he has a little philosophical thought process, which is also really defeatist and just like, yeah, life for kids was shit. And always was. I hated being a kid in terms of, like the powerlessness and not being in control of my life at all and just having to do what people said and told me to regardless of how I felt oh, yeah, Julian, yeah, Julian thought she didn't understand grown-ups very well it wasn't a bit of good fighting grown-ups they could do exactly as they liked if they wanted to take away George's island and castle they could if they wanted to sell it they could well they do own <laughs> it yeah but equally again they have given it to her it's really shitty. It's in just... so much as, like, you've given it in air quotes to your 11-year-old child, like, oh, this is your island. Yeah. Have if fun. I, if I did that, if I had a child and I did genuinely say that, I wouldn't just be like, yeah, I can just pluck it from your grasp whenever I yeah, want. Yeah, but that's the thing. Do they genuinely like, oh, this, is, this island is yours, it belongs to you forever and always, here's the deed. Well, we don't know. We get George's version of it, we don't hear another version of it, so who knows. But still, it's kind of shitty. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this one thing that gives you joy in life, George, our miserable child who never likes anything. We're going to take that away from you as well. We took your dog away, we're taking your island away. Enjoy your miserable life. Next. That's essentially there. If you misbehave again, we'll take your legs. <laughs> um, yeah. Julian asks when they're selling the island, and apparently the deeds will be signed in about a week's time. That's pretty quick. It's not not anything like buying and Man selling needs a house. The cash. Yeah, but buying and selling a house is much much longer than that. It literally is just yeah. Here's your island. Off you go. So, aren't they doing any surveys on it? Nothing, you know. How do they even know it? I mean, obviously he's lying about wanting to build a hotel, I guess. Because otherwise, you I don't think you could build a hotel out there. How would you get all of the um, the, the amenities and everything? Maybe you'd have your own portable, your own little generators. I suppose. Solar panels and wind yeah. turbines and such. I'm pretty sure when I was in Malta. A poo hole. Oh. Fertiliser. Hmm. Those exist, composting toilets. I, I know they exist. I don't want one, personally. Well, no. Um, I admire people who do it. And I strive to be eco-friendly and, like, care about the environment and stuff a lot. But, yeah. But I'm sure when I was in Malta, just talking about the island again, that I, I learnt something about, like, they don't actually have... Um, fresh water as a source in Malta like they have to sort of import their water Um, I'm going to look it up though because I'm slightly concerned that I'm going to be sounding like an idiot so 
Um, can you do it? Because yes. I don't know how to use your new phone. Um, oh, well, I so, know how to use my new yeah. phone. But, yeah, we're going to look that up just in case I am being an absolute moron. Um, oh. yeah. But uh, the children decide not to tell Uncle Quentin that there might be gold on the island because... Uh, they just don't really want to involve him in anything now after he's been like this. Um, and off they run to find George, who is in the tool shed. So. Oh, apparently. <laughs> yes. Malta, the tap water in Malta is desalinated seawater. It has no, no rivers, lakes, or reservoirs. Yeah. It gets most of their running water from the sea and just I, takes the salt out. I of was it. right. Yeah, they don't have their own, like, fresh water, so they have to, like, make it. Since yeah. 82, they've been. Producing their own water through seawater. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, moving on from that, but just good to know that I wasn't going mad. Um, yeah, off the kids go to find George. And, yeah, they're just moaning, basically. They're having a bit of a bitch fest about Uncle Quentin. What a dick. Yeah, he is. But meanwhile, in the tool shed. Yeah, George is feeling rather sick. She looks quite green, apparently. I've never really understood that, sort of saying, oh, people look a bit green. I definitely understand saying people look really pale and stuff. I suppose you get it most of the time in, like, the summertime when people are cutting the grass. Ha, ha, ha. You should have seen Hermes' feet yesterday. They yes. were very green. I don't think he was looking green because he felt sick. <laughs> Must have been sick of the grass. Um, yeah, but George feels comforted when Julian slips his arms around her, so for once she doesn't throw his arm away. And she starts to cry a little bit, which she's pissed off about. Um, <laughs> and then Julian says, we mustn't give up hope. We'll go to Kieran Island tomorrow and do our very best to get down into the dungeons. So, yeah. And he says to cheer up because they need to plan stuff. So, you know, stop being emotional. We need to get stuff done. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they are on a time limit. You know, they so. are, yes. They do need to move. Um yeah, George says that she thinks her mother and father are very unkind. And Julian wisely says that they're not really. After all, if they need money badly, they would be silly not to part with something they think is quite useless. Um, yeah, so... Shut up, Julian. We don't want you doing logical. We want to just hate them. We Next don't... time, sell the child. <laughs> sell Anne. Oh, poor She's Anne. useless. She's not useless. She's All she's done is blab. Yeah, but she gets better as the books go on a little bit. Yeah, but you know, if they sell her now, we don't have to worry about yeah. it. But then they can't be the famous five. Then you can find a better kid or another I mean, dog. I suppose the famous four still alliterates. It works. The fabulous four. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then George says that uh, your father did say you could have anything you want. And I know what you should ask for. And this is Timothy, of course. Timothy. And that made George smile and cheer up tremendously. The end. And then at chapter 11 next week, we have Off to Kirin Island. I wonder what happens so, in that one. Yeah, it's going to be another one of those chapters you love where it's off to the island, back again, off to the island, back again. Christ. <laughs> so we're back to their nautical adventures. Ugh. So, yeah, which, uh, speaking of nautical adventures, we have been, we were watching a really interesting documentary on the Titanic. Call it an adventure. No, the, well, the, I wasn't meaning that. We, I was meaning in terms of the divers exploring the wreck of the Titanic. That makes more sense. Yes, it does, considering that they've had a shipwreck that they've been exploring in this book. Drawing those parallels rather than acting like the people on Titanic were having an adventure. God. 
(laughs) Though the stoker who survived the Titanic sinking and also survived both her sister ships sinking and a couple of other ships sinking. I I guess he was having a bit of an adventure. I don't think both the sisters sank so much as broke down. Well, I don't think they, like, sank completely like the Titanic, no. no. But they sank a bit, like, they were... It was a shipwreck. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, like, he survived quite a lot of shipwrecks. At least five. Which is not ideal. No, but... Well, I, d- I don't know, it is ideal if you survive all of them. <laughs> Who cares how many shipwrecks you're in if you live through them all? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, that was really interesting. So that just, you know, yeah little sort of rare, uh, similarity a little bit there between uh, us kind of being quite interested in the Titanic and <laughs> this story by Enid Blight and having a shipwreck in it. Um, yeah, apparently on board the Titanic when they set off, they had 40,000 eggs to eat. Yeah. A lot of eggs. And 9,000, 9,000 or 7,000, maybe 7,000 heads of lettuce. So... Yeah, a lot of lettuce. I would have thought having that much food all stocked up, like that much fresh food, would go off. I'd have thought, like... Well, I suppose you've got 40,000 eggs and you presumably use them. Well, yeah, but over, like... I think the voyage was meant to take five days. So I suppose it's not that long to keep it all fresh. But when you... Like, where are you going to put... 7,000 heads of lettuce. Really big fridge. Just have a fridges. giant, like, oh, yeah, this is our lettuce room. They're probably got, like, walk-in <laughs> fridges and freezers and such. I guess, but still. It would have to be, like, the size of our house just for lettuce. Which, you know, is not that ridiculous. <laughs> I guess not that big on an, size yeah, on an ocean liner, maybe. Maybe I just can't, I don't think I can comprehend the size of a cruise ship. Because I've never actually been near one properly or on mm. one. No. Yeah, crazy. They had a heated swimming pool, Turkish baths on there. Like It sounds like it would have been amazing if it had not sunk. Um, yeah. yeah, but for those three days that it was all fine, I think everyone had a blast. Um, yeah. Especially Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, yes. The uh, most famous survivor of the uh, shipwreck. Leonardo Very- DiCaprio didn't survive. He died. Well, obviously he... Spoilers. He, obviously he lied because he's around now. No. It's his, uh... <laughs> he pretended just to guilt trip Rose and then swam off. He was like, oh, hi. I'm going to become a famous actor now. Actor. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Uh... <laughs> um, hope you've enjoyed this chapter. I don't really know how to end it. Uh, I would give it six black market island sales out of ten. Okay, you weren't as fond of this one as last week's. These people are just being stupid and yeah, arguing. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's quite It was quite just a... an argument chapter. It was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope that you're looking forward to going off to Kieran Island again. I wonder what will happen. I think they're going to go to Kieran Island. So, chapter 11, and I think we've got 10 chapters left yeah, in that case. There's 17. Oh, there's 17? Oh, I thought there were 21. Chapters. Oh, so we've only got seven chapters left. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So near the end already. God, what will we do? Well, we'll go on to another book. Um, (laughs) I haven't decided whether we should stick with the Famous Five or do one of her other books and sort of like just pepper the Famous Five in amongst some of her other works. 
because there are so many famous five books. I think we should do a few famous Do a couple first. Yeah. yeah, really get into it. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe move on to something else for a bit and then come back. Yeah, I like that idea. I'm well, good at those. Yeah, well, um, we hope that, yeah, you've had a good time. We hope you're enjoying your day and that if you've got loads of Easter chocolate, you're enjoying eating it. We don't have any chocolate currently because obviously mum hasn't been able to give them to us give us our eggs because i don't care that we're adults i like getting an easter egg so um and just as a as a slight aside mum really uh like watches sort of what she eats in terms of like because she's uh had some sort of diabetes scares and stuff so it's not that we're horrible children and like buy us an egg mother and we're not going to get you anything she categorically like doesn't want to keep being bought things like chocolate and stuff so instead i was gonna get her some nice flowers ironically that kind of went out the window when she fell over (laughs) but once we know once we know when she's coming home i will get her some nice flowers so smart yeah anyway I nearly signed this off like I was sending like a voice message. I nearly said lots of love. Lots Bye. Of love. Bye. <laughs> Bye, listeners. I thought I was. Love sen- you. I my head got confused and was like, "You're sending a message to Esther." No, we're talking to the void. I um, you know with how many listeners we tend to get, you may as well be sending a message to Esther. <laughs> hey, this is a really long. We voice have message. got some listeners, so have we? Yes, we have. Don't really? make them feel bad just because there's not very many of them. <laughs> they can't help it; they're trying. Tell anyway. your friends, God damn it! Yeah. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Almost As Good As A Boy, an Enid Blyton podcast with Becca and Troy. If you liked what you heard, please uh, like, rate, subscribe, review, send us a message. Let us know what you liked, what you'd like to hear more of. If you didn't enjoy it, please don't do any of those things (laughs) unless you want to rate review subscribe in all positive ways (laughs) hope to see you next week guys bye